This is a blogcast by UX Design Agency. Listen to our blog articles in audio format and get all the latest insights and knowledge about creating demanded digital financial products with the power of UX design. Financial UX Design Methodology The Value Pyramid How to increase the demand for your product and create an ultimate market advantage to transform your business. In a three-part series, we will guide you through UXDA's award-winning financial design methodology and share specific tips and tricks for instant implementation. For the first time, we reveal the three key mechanisms that are the foundation of our unique methodology, already used to create 60-plus financial services. We will begin by explaining the product value pyramid. We have all heard about products that offer multiple features, but still do not retain their market share. On the other hand, there are the lucky ones that seem to do nothing but get incredible demand. Why so? What does it depend on? And how can you use this knowledge for your own benefit? Using UXDA's approach to analyze several similar cases, we seem to have found an answer to this question that could allow to better understand the development of products in general and in financial services in particular. It should help identify the conditions under which some financial services are still in demand despite their outdated design and uncomfortable service, while others are on the verge of disappearing even while offering killer features. Introduction to the UXDA's Product Value Pyramid We believe most people are familiar with the Maslow Pyramid. This theory states that human needs and motives are developing stage by stage, and humans aren't interested in achieving the next level before completing the previous one. As for the market, competition is the main force behind stimulating the development of the product value proposition. The greater the competition, the more the manufacturers are trying to meet the needs of people and gain a competitive advantage. This means we can draw a parallel with Maslow's pyramid and assume that as competition grows, manufacturers propel their products to higher and higher levels of human needs. Thus, with each level of the pyramid, the value proposition of the product will become more and more humane. After all, in a highly competitive environment, products must increasingly match human nature to grow in popularity. At the same time, the market will become more and more fragmented, and the product niches will become narrower. This is what we see in the banking market, in which new technologies have led to the emergence of many alternative services like fintech. Incomers are often more convenient and better serve the specific needs of individual user groups. So, if we take the pyramid of needs as basis, we can extract levels of the product value pyramid as follows. First, physiological needs correspond to the functional value of the product. It's all about providing the desired result to the client by using the product features. Second, the need for security is associated with the comfort of the person, so here we can talk about usability value of the product. Ease of use satisfies the need for control and ultimately creates a sense of security and confidence in the product. Third, 
Love and the sense of belonging are emotions. A product can influence emotions through aesthetics. Aesthetics allows us to enjoy things, service, relationships, and life in general. We are attracted to beautiful things. We value them and like to possess them. Fourth, the need for respect can be satisfied with the help of the clear status value of the product or rather its compliance with a certain lifestyle. Fifth, the need for self-actualization is the human desire to maximize the realization of his or her capabilities. Here, a product or service can inspire self-realization by offering to join an exciting large-scale mission that brings value to the whole world. So, how does all of this work in practice? Imagine that you have invented a product that provides a solution demanded by customers. All you would have to do is make it work properly and just enjoy your stable business and endless profit. But what if the competitors copy the technology and start producing a similar product? Then you need to offer something unique that provides an advantage to your product and additional benefits to your customers. Simple functionality is no longer enough because everyone has it. You need to figure out an additional value. This is the moment when the competition takes an entrepreneur to the next level of the product value pyramid. If functionality is not enough to compete, provide usability. If all the competitors have the same functionality and usability, add aesthetics. Or if you need even more advantages, connect the product with the customer's lifestyle by personalizing it. Make it a symbol of his or her status. And finally, you can go even further and state the mission to deliver ultimate value that will change the world. Targeting the unique product value proposition at the top four levels of the pyramid will help to maximize the needs of users through customer-centered product design. Therefore, when we ask what our users feel, how comfortable he or she is, and whether the product solves their problem and fits their lifestyle, we are designing the user experience. Let's find out exactly how the growth of demand and competition forms the uniqueness of the product at each stage of the product value pyramid. We will test this model on one of the most developed industries, automotive. You might ask, why cars if we work with finance? To hand over the model of the product value pyramid as effectively as possible, we decided to look at it from a third-party industry. This way, it will be much more clear and easy to understand, as this is your first encounter with this concept. After getting a taste of it, we will demonstrate how it applies to the banking industry. For an additional explanation of the model, we use the innovation adoption lifecycle that clearly illustrates the dependence of demand on the adaption of a new product in society. As this article includes a lot of important graphs and illustrations that help you understand the described processes, make sure to download the white paper attached to this audio version and check out the full article at UXDA's blog. Now, back to UXDA's product value pyramid. First stage is functionality. At the stage of market emergence, key decision-making criteria for buyers is determined by functionality. 
Functionality is used as the main unique feature of the product if it's among the first in the market. However, its disadvantages may outweigh the pros. New technology may be inconvenient to use and may not be visually attractive. But a certain category of buyers is ready to close their eyes to this and pay for the novelty. These are innovators, an average of 2.5% in any market, who want to be the first to try the new solutions. An example from the auto industry. The first buyers of cars were not familiar with the product, so they were interested only in its functional aspects, how to use it and how far and fast the auto could go compared to a horse. It was important to make technology stable and raise the interest of the customers. Therefore, the first cars didn't even have a roof and resembled a carriage without a horse. They were extremely inconvenient in driving control and passengers even had to use special glasses and clothes. Nevertheless, for the buyer audience of innovators, this was enough and they were eager to exchange the reliability of horses for the first unreliable machines. What does this mean for banking? We can see similar processes in the financial industry. Despite several hundred years of history, the digital age has made the traditional players learn how to survive in these conditions. The undermining of the industry by advanced digital technologies essentially transmitted banking services from the services category to the product category. Now, users aren't requesting a list of services at a bank branch, but rather download a mobile application. This allowed banks to begin a wider expansion of their services using the internet to deliver their products beyond the local market and increase the competition. The active implementation of digital technologies has led to the disruption of the market monopoly of banks. Creating and launching a digital financial product has become relatively easy, and thousands of fintech startups have poured in the industry. This has started the transition to the next product value pyramid stage, with the emergence of convenient, not just functional solutions. The second stage is usability. When innovators tried out a new product and appreciated its advantages, they began to praise it which stimulated the interest of early adopters, adding another 13.5% to the market. Demand began to grow, the production technology of a product stabilized, and the market became interesting to competitors. At this stage, functionality loses its key advantage. The technology is steadily reproduced and more and more alternatives appear on the market. Expectations of customers are increasing as they are no longer willing to put up with product issues. An example from the auto industry. So the growth in demand leads to a new round of the competition. Competitors have focused on the convenience of cars. They began to offer cars that were easier to use, offering closed, soundproof cabs and wheel shock absorbers. This resulted in a significant increase in the demand for cars and manufacturers still didn't have to worry about aesthetics. As Henry Ford announced, any customer can have a car painted any color that he wants, as long as it's black. What does this mean for banking? More convenient digital services have raised the banking experience and user expectations to a new level. 
consumers have felt that online and mobile banking should be convenient and pleasant to use. Thus, innovations and digital banking have moved from the functionality stage to the usability stage. It's not enough to simply provide the ability to create an account online. It needs to be done faster, more easily, and be more clear than its competitors. We believe the perception of the majority of consumers of the banking market already has passed or is close to completing this stage. Because for the majority of users, usability has become an indispensable element and not a special advantage of the product. It means we should look for advantages that could surprise users at a higher stage of the value pyramid. This leads us to the third stage, which is aesthetics. Demand is growing along with competition, so more and more products with similar functionality and basic convenience enter the market. The product becomes interesting for the early majority or the so-called pragmatists, who are convinced of its benefits and usability and will grow the market by another 34%. Offering something special, something that can outcompete others, becomes really challenging. And suddenly, someone figures it all out. What if you offer users not just convenient functionality, but the opportunity to experience enjoyable emotions while using the product. And the market is introduced not only to functional and usable, but also a more beautiful and appealing product. Buyers gladly respond to this. They like that the product not only provides some benefits, but also does it in a pleasant way, evoking positive emotions. So aesthetics becomes the key competitive advantage of the product at this stage of the product value pyramid. An example from the auto industry. The demand for the world's first affordable automobile, the Ford Model T, grew from 10,000 vehicles produced in 1909 to more than 2 million produced in 1923. Such fantastic demand inevitably led to the emergence of new competitors and the transition of the market to the next stage. Aesthetics had become one of the most important characteristics of new cars. Consumers increasingly chose to enjoy the design of the car as well as the comfort. Driving became enjoyable, delighting the driver with positive emotions. As a result, in the 30s, more and more sophisticated and stunning cars appeared on the market. What does this mean for banking? Despite the fact that some banking products have not yet reached the usability stage, advanced fintech services care a lot about not only the ease of use, but also the aesthetics of their digital services. By the reaction of their customers, they see that visually attractive financial products evoke more positive emotions than a template design. Perhaps this can explain fintech's significant market success without big marketing costs. Research confirms that consumers not only prefer more beautiful products, but also perceive their disadvantages more easily. However, we must bear in mind that the basic level of functionality and usability should not be compromised, as it addressed to the basic needs of users. Even the most beautiful car will fail if it doesn't move or is uncomfortable to drive. The ongoing massive improvement in the functionality and convenience of digital financial products creates the conditions for using the aesthetic value as a competitive advantage. 
and we see that there are more and more beautiful financial products appearing on the market. This leads us to the fourth stage, status. Large growth leads to mass production. The cost of the product is reduced. The market is actively segmented by offering customers all new product variations depending on their capabilities, preferences and status. There are more and more conservative buyers on the market who are ready to pay more only if the product offers them some privileges. The product is increasingly becoming an element of lifestyle, informing the public of certain status of its owner. At this point, manufacturers realize that they can produce products specifically for different customer audiences, creating a special set of characteristics in terms of functionality, convenience and aesthetics. These sets of characteristics are especially important to narrow target groups of consumers. An example from the auto industry. Automakers are beginning to actively segment the model range, trying to personalize the offer and conquer the market in parts. For the elite, they begin to produce luxurious and expensive cars. For families, roomy and budget cars. For young people, flashy and compact. For workers, pickups and so on. You can immediately determine to which social group a person belongs by their car. Social dimension is added to the functional and aesthetic characteristics of the product. What does this mean for banking? Given that the digital banking industry is at the usability stage of the product value pyramid, the status value doesn't look so relevant for the majority of users. We're not sure that a service that is not very convenient and visually appealing will interest us just because it's created specifically for people like us. After all, we just would not be pleased to use it. Status value becomes an advantage only in the presence of appropriate functionality, convenience and aesthetics. This is the only way to achieve ultimate customer centricity. If these aspects are missing or do not match your users, then segmentation will not help. As with cars, the segmentation of banking digital services can be incredibly wide. You can make an application for wealthy users, which will be available only if there is a certain amount in the account. It may offer special privileges and serve as a symbol of high social status. You can also create a financial service for families that will be specialized in centralized family account management with a budgeting and control system. Fifth stage is mission. The product market is fully formed and has gone from growth to the stage of maturity. From the point of view of the S-curve in market development, it is getting closer to a turning point. Demand continues to grow due to the late majority and skeptics. Suddenly, a revolutionary offer appears on the market, which at first looks like another modification for a certain segment of customers. However, it does not offer a new modification but a new value reference point, a new worldview behind the usual benefits of the product. Such a product is capable of undermining the existing market by offering an innovative vision that can transform this market, initiating a new technological revolution. Thus, the product ceases to be only a source of convenience or joy and becomes very significant for a certain group of consumers connecting with them at the level of values. 
an example from the auto industry. If we look at the automotive industry, over the past few decades there is a feeling that competitors cannot come up with anything totally new. No significant changes have occurred for a long time. But recently everything changed when Tesla appeared with the courage to disrupt the automotive industry in spite of the oil lobby resistance. The value it brings to the world empowered millions of people and resulted in a high demand for Tesla automobiles. Elon Musk wouldn't have experienced such success had he launched his product in a highly competitive market. What he did instead was disrupt the market. So we see that today each car producer develops its own electric models. Can the use of electricity transform the existing automotive market? Sure. First, it is a push toward digitalization and accordingly automatization of cars. The principles of driving cars will change dramatically, as will the conditions for their use. Probably the majority will stop seeing cars as a status indicator and will join sharing on demand. What does this mean for banking? The mission stage, or one can say the ideological stage of the product value pyramid, is still far from the banking market. Finance has only recently begun to pay attention to humans and face their needs, pains and fears. And the majority of consumers are not yet ready to go after the ideological financial product. It may seem that Bitcoin has taken over the mission to change the financial world. But if you take a closer look, this product just became a solution for anonymizing cashless transfers as well as an investment tool. The blockchain contains a much greater potential for changing the world. However, blockchain is not a product with a mission. It is a technology that can disrupt the financial and related industries. Today, it looks like an electric motor and a battery without Tesla. But as we know, the first electric cars appeared a hundred years ago, but only recently began to enter the mainstream. And the influence of Tesla is difficult to overestimate. Perhaps soon we will see a hero product based on blockchain or other technology that has a mission to change the financial industry and millions who are ready to change the world will follow it. But for this to happen, any technology must first become functionally stable, usable and beautiful and adapt to the needs of various consumer clusters. Monopoly is the exception in the model. The product value pyramid also explains well why some businesses that do not pay special attention to the upper stages like usability, aesthetics, status and mission still maintain their position in the market as well as a high level of demand. It's all about monopoly. If due to any reason the market entry barrier is too high and competition cannot be formed, then users are forced to accept functionality without convenience and beauty. It's about niche products that have virtually no competition. This allows them to remain unchanged, completely ignoring the expectations of users and their need for more enjoyable solutions. However, in the more competitive domains, the lack of user care leads to a redistribution of demand flows in favor of a more progressive competitors using the CX and UX engineering, as well as the design thinking approach. Conclusion 
The product value pyramid allows us to understand why in the digital age, user-oriented design is becoming not just popular, but also taking on an increasingly important strategic role. UX design is becoming a key element to ensure compliance with the market stage of a product value to gain significant competitive advantages. By only focusing on the convenience, aesthetics, and status of the product, you can engage digital users. But this is not enough to create an attractive-looking interface. It's necessary to integrate user-centricity into all levels and processes of the company, putting the delightful user experience at the forefront. We will discuss how to achieve this in the next article about our second model, UXDA's Pyramid of Financial Design Integration. This was the audio version of UXDA's blog article. If you wish to read the full version and gain insights from our other articles, visit UXDA's blog at uxdesignagency.com or find us on Medium by the name of UXDA. Let's add emotions to banking and transform the financial industry together.